0: You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley.
1: Hey, Mike, we're back. Kind of an emergency podcast, not really for um, uh, the King of the Fourth pod here. Three moves were made since we said the offseason was pretty much a wrap. Um, Extension of smart, Extension of Williams. And um, I thought cleverly we were able to bring in a TP for Evan Fournier um, from the Knicks. So, yeah. you know, why don't you kind of kick us off? Pick one of those that you want to talk about, and um, we'll just kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, interesting. It seems like the Celtics obviously value TPs over second round picks, which might be a good way yeah. of doing business because it gives you trade flexibility. Uh, so you can make an in-season move if you're in contention, you can use it right away. Um, so you know I thought that was that was great that they have that option to use it and we talked a lot about extending smart and Williams last year and how it made sense for future deals and both of those contracts seem tradable, so it um, it works both ways. You got some core players locked up and core players that you can move in a larger deal if it comes to that.
1: Yeah, so um, the TP, uh, obviously, uh, the, the, one of those picks is like top 55 protected from Charlotte or something like that. So I, I, there's a chance that thing never even converts. and So it's almost like a non-pick anyways. The, the second one has a different couple of different machinations to it. Um, but I think you're right. It, it gives them value. I, I think it's more likely to be moved in the offseason than at the deadline um, mm-hmm. in lieu of cap space. Um, you know, they have enough tradable expiring contracts that I think would make more sense to move if they wanted to bring someone in at the deadline. But I, I, it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about um, in the last pod: is that this roster may not be set. And there's, there's moves this offseason could extend to the trade deadline more likely to than in past years because of the, the pieces they have are just easier to move and the contracts can add up and you can do some things. Instead of having a bunch of, uh, you know, rookie deal guys, second-round pick guys that add up to nothing and you can't really bring anything in. So, uh, you know, in that respect, I I really like it. And, you know, the Knicks didn't have to do it. I think it was uh, really smart of the Celtics to engage on this. And, you know, it gives the Knicks, you know, they got a second-round pick in Fournier, so it really does them no harm. Um, other than give an $18 million trade exemption, uh, trade player exemption to the Celtics who's a competitor. Um, we'll see if uh, the Celtics can capitalize on using it. Um, but it's a nice thing to have, that's for sure. Every year you have teams looking to move guys into space because they want to free up cap space. They can, they can sign someone just like Dallas did this year. And so the bigger one you have, the more you can help a team out. You know, Um so, you know, as we get into another year, you you look at who has two years left, who has one year's left and and what you can do with it. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the great thing about it is if the Celtics were to bring in a, a star, they could do that first. And then this could be the secondary move, which is using mm-hmm. TPE afterwards. So um, just something to, to keep in the back pocket. That's for sure. Um, I'm going to start with Marcus smart because, well, actually I'm going to start with Rob Williams. Um, I, I, you know, we talked about his extension over the past, you know, four or five months, you know, at different points on these podcasts. And I, I think the concern is what everyone has is, his injury. Um, I think we were talking like somewhere the 10, $11 million range, at least my thought was, was a smart place to extend him to. Um, with the cap going up and new TV money coming in and seeing what the contracts that were signed this offseason for guys, 13 and a half really isn't bad either. And, no. you know, you look at Jared Allen getting 20, you look at uh, Josh Hat just got 13. Um, if Rob plays 60 games at a level close to last year or better, he's by far ex- uh, exceeds that contract on the market. and. I think what you were able to do is lock him up at a value that even if it loses some value because of injuries, you can still move it. It's not an unmovable contract. And if he stays level and doesn't get hurt or, you know, more likely continues to improve and doesn't get hurt um, or stays relatively healthy, this is going to look like a steal. Uh, this yeah. is gonna be like the four year's thirty two million dollars A v Bradley contract from a few years back. And, and you, there's a lot you can do with it. he He becomes a great asset for your team and cap management stuff. you You can obviously uh, move him into a a bigger trade if you wanted to. but um he's a guy that I think is an exciting player. He gives that uh, spacing that you know they haven't had in years with the the vertical spacing. Um, and defensively, you saw how he took over game one of that Brooklyn series um, where he almost had a triple double of nine blocks, uh, including, you know, that that play on Harden where Harden, you know, tried to go back, you know, dribbled all around, went back to the three and, you know, Rob stuck with him the whole time. And, you know, and made the block. He he, I, I like the deal, um, especially after they signed smart. Um, you know, they weren't going to have a lot of cap space next season anyways. So, especially after they made this move, that move, this move just made more sense. Um, and, and I don't, I just don't see a, a whole hell of a lot of downside with this one at all.
0: Yeah, no, they haven't locked up now, uh, for four years after his end of his rookie deals up next year. So they got him for five years if yep. they, if they don't trade them, um, And it's an easy contract to trade. He's got a lot of value, obviously, as an exciting big who gets up and down. So, um, And if they keep him, he he could be a good piece. Health is a concern. It should be a concern if you've been watching him play at all. Sure, sure. Uh, So that's definitely a risk that they took, even with that contract. If he can't play, that's going to hurt the Celtics. So um, he's got to stay healthy. He's going to take care of his body. He has to do what he needs to do to be on the floor. Because, um, I mean, you saw it in the Brooklyn series. When he came out, it made a big difference. And when he was in the game, the Celtics were competitive. So um, they need him to be successful. They need him next year. Because if he doesn't play, they're thin. They're really thin at that position. So he needs to stay healthy and play.
1: And and just to kind of, you know, go back to the trade value part of it, even if he isn't completely healthy, even if he's a 40-50 game guy the, the non-taxpayer mid-level is 10 million a year mm-hmm. they just traded tristan thompson for a second round pick so yeah, the idea yeah. you couldn't move rob for 13 and a half is you know someone's going to take a gamble mm-hmm. and say he's still young let's see what we can get out of this this isn't a bad contract um so you'd, you'd be able to move that fairly easily uh i just I, I think it's worth it um and you brought up a good point too like You have him for five years and the fact that the Celtics signed him now and i I think this is very unlikely because there's you know you you gotta the way you do the math on a trade with an extension is tough but both he and smart um you can't trade them until six months out but this is done almost in design to do before the trade deadline Mm -hmm. so that they're both available to be moved in case something comes up um you know, I, I I think Brad Stevens, you know, for the most part, did a really good job this offseason. I, I think this is actually um, one of his best moves this offseason. Um, if you go by the timeline, you know, yeah. where, where it was obvious that they weren't keeping cap space open anymore because of the smart deal. Um, this one, I just think is really, really good. Um, do you want to
0: talk smart? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of reporting uh, from Chris Mannix and maybe some others saying that, uh, Brad Stevens wasn't happy with was smart, uh, that they were looking to trade him. So was, I I, feel like something happened. I don't know how that news got out there to Chris Mannix. Somebody told him that I don't think he just made it up. Um, so it was interesting how the Celtics front the office, with was Stevens down. was, was playing with that story. Uh, I wonder if there was reasons for that. Maybe they were in some ways trying to see what the trade market looked like for Smart and that got out to Chris Nannix. I don't know, but I I think the narrative that he's not liked in the locker room, that he's not liked by the coaches, I always felt like that was crazy. Uh, I never understood it. it. So I think that narrative from the media media just is completely ridiculous. But I do think there is something to – last season seeing smart lose a little bit um not so much offensively but on the defensive end and what he's able to do and so i'm really looking forward to him as a starting point guard for the Celtics to yeah. see what he can do as a starting point guard in the nba because he hasn't had that ever since he was drafted he was backing up isaiah thomas backing up Kyrie irving backing up kemba walker playing when people were hurt he's never had the opportunity to get to see the starting point guard and he was a top 10 pick so let's see um but i am concerned about his defense and you know part of the contract is because he you know is a first team all defender but i don't know if he is anymore so i'm looking forward to see exactly what he has left in the tank over the life of this contract yeah so
1: offensively you know i i thought the celtics through the first 10 games last year were an interesting team. I, I think they started seven three. Some of that was fool's gold because it was like an overtime game and a couple game winners thrown in there. So they were probably more like a 500 team even then, but he actually did a pretty good job running the point when Jalen and uh, Jason were both healthy. And if you remember early on in the year, a ton of Jalen's makes were off smart assists. Um, and, you know, smart shots were way down. And even on the season last year, they were under 10. And I, I'm going to be interested to see now, you know, with Kemba gone, as you mentioned, and, and there's no one in front of him, how he he's going to be the starting point guy. And um, how he does on that in that area. And I think he's actually going to be pretty good. You know, um, I do have concerns about how he's going to handle uh, ball pressure, um, especially guys that can give it to you full court um we haven't really seen that before but outside but that doesn't happen a lot in the nba so
0: see wings can bring up the ball anyways yeah i think he's gonna i think he's
1: gonna be pretty good with that the defensive stuff we talked about i have the same concerns of like is there a deterioration with the body going on now uh um you know being worn down i mean going into last season you know he played the usa world team went right into the Season they had the COVID break for a short period of time, then had the bubble ball, short break, full season, playoffs. He actually has some time off now. I wonder, and I hope, um, although I'm a little pessimistic that this is would be the case. That you know, maybe it's just so much basketball so soon that he just kind of got worn out, and maybe um, you know this time off kind of recuperates and he's back to who he was defensively. Um, I. I have problems with the Dale, um, you know, it, it has every year the way it's, it's not front loaded and it, it's kind of back loaded now. And so the raises come in every season. And I think by the, the, the first year of the extension, 17, the last year of the extensions 21. Um, so I wonder what that's going to look like year three or four, if his body doesn't hold up. Um, I, you know, I thought they were keeping open cap space, but, you know, that part concerns me less because I I think, you know, even under this deal, you can still move this contract. You know, I don't want to say fairly easily, but still easily enough if you needed to bring in a, a max guy. Um, the one thing that did make me feel a little bit better, believe it or not, uh, and I, I should caveat all this with Marcus Smart's one of my favorite all time Celtics the way he plays. So as a fan, just as a fan speaking, I'm glad he's here. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad he's resigned. I like the fact that he could potentially spend his whole, you know, 11, 12 years in the Celtics uniform. I think that's kind of cool if he's able to pull it off. Um, But, you know, uh, the other concerns, you know, 21 million for him in the last year, there's a good chance he's going to be overpaid. Um, the one thing that I did feel pretty good about about his value around the league is Stephen A. Smith actually having a segment uh on ESPN Sports Center yeah, talking about how this is great value. And I'm not a, a huge Stephen A. Smith fan. I don't even remember the name of his show, but I, I and I just caught this on Twitter. Loud noises. Yeah, loud noises. Name of the show. But he does, he is tapped into that league. Yeah. And he, he and I think if he's saying that, he's hearing that. And so if he's hearing that, that means there's still value in teams that wouldn't mind having Marcus Smart on their team. Uh, I don't think you get a boatload for him back, but, you know, it's part of a signing trade if you needed to do it that way um, or, or however they need to move him, they could do it. I, saying all that and worried about the value at the end, this contract is absolutely worth it, 100% worth it, if they're able to bring in a star and keep Marcus. So let's say Bradley Bale is saying, I'm only coming into Boston. We go into the off season, you, you you pick up Horfitt's option, and then you throw stuff around that. And that's your sign and trade for Bale. Because, you know, at that point, Washington, would not have a lot of leverage. If Bale says he only wants to come here, then, you know, having a team with smart Brown and Tatum, you know, smart makes a ton of sense. You need guys like that to win. Um, and you're not going to be able to really bring in anyone like that anyways because you're going to be cap strong. So from that perspective, if they're able to maneuver like that, then it makes all the sense in the world. Um, I, I Of the moves Brad made, this one is just okay. It's fine. I don't think you look at it and say the Celtics – won the deal necessarily i don't think you would say you lost the deal it's like a neutral thing um but you know i i thought you brought up an interesting point the narrative around him is particularly around here is how he's a disruptive force and things like that uh you don't give someone 19 million a year because you think they're a
0: disruptive force uh, i i i always thought it was ridiculous so and I I feel like that was part of Chris Mandix's narrative too. And yeah, for a guy who's tied in, I don't know, he he just must not like Marcus Smart. I think that's part of it. I think people in the media just don't like him. I think there's a segment of fans that just don't like him. uh to, I, I don't know I don't know why. Uh, I guess like the the shots at the end of the games bother people. Some of his shot selection bothers people, but um, I think cool. they're missing out on what he brings and the, the negativity that they bring all the time is just frustrating because this is a guy who really gives us all uh, almost every night. Um, so hopefully he's healthy and hopefully he's taking this time to rest and get his body ready for next year, because this team can be competitive. They can be a, they can, if, if Tatum and Brown improve more, <laughs> which I don't know if that's possible, if they get, if they improve think, other parts yeah. of their game and they continue to get better, um, you never know where this team can go. You just need stars in the NBA and, and surround them with capable players. They weren't surrounded by capable players last year, and they weren't healthy last year. So no. if there's health next year and everybody everybody's playing, this is a pretty deep roster. and um, I, I'm excited. i I think they I think there is another move to come. They do have some they do have some contracts they can move to bring somebody else in, so maybe like another wing or another mm-hmm. athletic big to the roster. I, I think something else could happen. Um, there is the, who's going to be the 15th guy? Uh, is it going to be Jabari Parker or Carson Edwards? I think Edwards uh, is gone. Yeah. I really hope it's Jabari Parker um, because they don't have a lot of, um, a lot of forwards on the roster. So um, I don't know if there's much else to talk about. I've been keeping an eye on Paul Millsap just to see where he's going to end up. Cause I feel like, that's a guy that would be a great fit here. And I didn't know, is is Paul Millsap, is that the kind of guy that you could do a sign-and-trade for? Or is he, he can only be signed?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see a sign-and-trade happening because at this point, Millsap's getting the minimum. So you would just look to, well, if mean, you want to a Millsap, you're sending Carson Edwards with a pick into space. Probably that second round you picked up with Tristan Thompson. And then you're just waving um, Jabari Parker. So uh, I think that's how you would do it i mean it wouldn't be tough to figure out yeah if you yeah so that that if they wanted to go that route um and i, I you know all the moves is i think the celtics can especially brown and Tatum can still improve what you said earlier they especially the ball distri- distribution if they become distributors and get their assists up to like four and a half five a game, the celtics are gonna be really good shape. And the other thing that I'm going to be interested in is Celtics offense, the way it moved in summer league, and you got to assume that's what they want to replicate in the regular right. season is mm-hmm. just pushing, 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 and they have guys to do that. So let's see. Um, I think these moves are all really good moves. Uh, to, well, the smart, maybe not as much, but still not bad. As When you're looking towards the future, not just the season, looking towards the future and flexibility. And Brad did that all off season, so I think that's good.
0: Yeah, me too. And so until next time, normally we log off the pod and within 48 hours, Brad makes another move. So uh, we'll see what happens.
1: All right, guys. Talk to you soon.